You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that brings together well-known friends to talk through three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week I am joined by a good friend who moved here from her native island in 2008 after winning an MTV competition to become a television presenter. In recent weeks, she has proved herself to be one of the very best in the business under the most difficult and at times heartbreaking of circumstances. She transitioned from MTV to The Jungle, hosting I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Now for many years and, having studied drama as a student in recent years, started flexing her thespian muscles again, studying at RADA, touring in plays and last year she starred in Sieve, a film she wrote herself about a young mother struggling to keep things together. And she wasn't just good in the role, and I'm not just saying this because she's my mate. She went on to win the Ros Hubbard Award for acting at the Irish film London Awards for it last year. And this, this woman, Ros Hubbard, she discovered Colin Farrell, Jonathan Rhys-Myers and Kieran Knightley. She's a legendary casting director. So watch your backs, Hollywood. She also hosts a regular Sunday morning show on Radio 5 Live. And most recently, she's been on our screens hosting Love Island alongside her boyfriend, the long-standing narrator, Ian Sterling, after stepping into the shoes of her friend Caroline Flack, who, as we all know, tragically took her own life in recent weeks. To say the last few months have been tumultuous would be something of an underestimation. So, Laura Whitmore, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. I feel bad, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was Sive. Sive! <laughs> Bloody Sive! But but this is the whole point. I don't know. When I when I um talking to the producer, they're like, Are you sure that's what you want to call it? No one's gonna be able to pronounce it. 
Sadhg. Can we just say how it's spelt, just so everyone knows yeah. how difficult it is? S a d h b h. Yeah. Okay, so I did quite well. You did really well. Considering. Do you know what this reminds me of? You know that was those brilliant scenes in the early series of Catastrophe, where oh, I love Catastrophe. I love Sharon, Sharon Morgan's Horgan. coming up with the names for her kids, yeah. and then spelling them to her American husband. He's Actually, like, "What I the think hell?" Sharon's uh, real-life daughter is called Sive. Sive. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a quite a common Irish name. In Ireland. In Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But the no. rest of the stuff but was you, all you good. Say, it was right. all really nice. I'm like, nah, go for it. And also, you're the closest anyone's come to pronouncing it right. That's good. That's I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. And I've, I've only had three, gla- three like mouthfuls of wine. Mm-hmm. Not even glasses yet. The glasses. When did you get them in? <laughs> <laughs> On the walk up here. <laughs> That's an incredible achievement. And you've done so much in such a short amount of time since you landed here in the UK. But before we get to any of that, I've just got to ask you a simple, how are you? I'm okay, thank you for asking. Um, I I just got back from South Africa yesterday. Mm -hmm. It feels like I've been back a week. It's Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but... um, and I haven't really been doing any interviews. And I think only because this is UK, so I kind of felt safe. And it, Thank it's, you. And I think it's really good to talk. And it's part of me sometimes wants to lock myself away and not talk to anyone. And I've had a lot of people ask me how I am. And sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm here. I'm okay. Um, it's, you know, it's it's the people who aren't here or the people, the family um, uh, of Caroline. Um, and I feel guilty for so many people asking how I am because I, I'm here. Um, so that's it's a weird one I, I I don't really know how I am it changes um, and then sometimes I'll be watching TV and I'll laugh at something and then you feel guilty for laughing and then you'll forget and then you'll remember uh, so kind of all over the place but I suppose there's no right or wrong way to feel it's just whatever you feel in the moment and as I said talking about it it's so important that we talk it's so important that we talk and we live in a time where we're fearful of saying the wrong thing and, and I would say mm. at a time like this the the only time something is wrong is when it's hurtful yeah. and if you're being honest with your feelings and you have been I put myself in your shoes because you are my friend you've had such a, a, a huge responsibility to carry mm-hmm. you have lost a friend mm-hmm. your partner has lost a friend there are so many moving parts to what you must be feeling right now and I would ask anybody listening to apply that compassion to anything that is said. Yeah. Um, because you you did the most remarkable thing. I've, I've just come from a meeting, and I picked you up on the way, mm-hmm. with a man who works in radio who I respect enormously. He's one of the one of the good guns, I'd say. And he just said to me, you tell Laura that that Sunday of your five live show, in the space of two hours, the two biggest moments in radio happened in the last five years, and that was Ian Wright on Desert Island Discs and Laura Whitmore navigating her way through the most difficult hour of live broadcasting with a heart ruling her mouth. And I just, I just, I needed to say that to you because you were tremendous in that moment. Thank you. Um, it was such a weird situation, and again, there's no right or wrong thing to do. You just have to do what you feel is best in that situation. Um, and I, looking back now, you know, I, I found out about Caroline on the Saturday, and I found out in in a way I wish I didn't. It was something on Twitter that someone had tweeted initially that I disregarded because there's always so much stuff. Someone had tweeted something about Caroline, but there's so many things that would be said about Caroline that you wouldn't really take everything as as truth. Yeah. Um. So I kind of ignored it, and then I had a message from my friend um, from LA who was staying in my house and uh, she was like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm on my way home. Um, I was in the shops and uh, she said, can you just come home now? And I was like, 
oh, why? Is everything okay? And she went, just just, just come home now. And I'm like, oh, I'll see you soon. But as she was being really weird about it. And I, and I just said, is this anything to do with Caroline? And she said, just just come home. So then I did that thing, which I wish it didn't, is when I went on Twitter. Oh. And you see different things, different people posting things. And I, I, I can't really remember what happened after that. And we live in a world where we find out our news through social media and we don't know what's right, what's wrong. It's fake news. And it wasn't it wasn't the way that you think you would find out a friend had passed away. No. So I just got home as quick as I could. Um, I'm upset. No. Um, Take your time. And that's when I came in and my friend said it was true. Oh. And then there was the thing of... Um, because I wasn't with Ian, I, I um, he was in South Africa. Yeah, and I, I, I just wanted to ring him because I wanted to. I, I knew that he was out. It was his day off, and he was out with a few people in the pub having a few drinks. And I just was like, I just wanted him to get to a safe space. If that makes sense. Oh, one hundred percent. Not to be exposed, because um, everyone wants to see what your reaction is. Um, and that's yeah. But I, and then after that, I don't really know what was the right or wrong thing to do, and I just. I said I had to navigate my own feelings on it and um, you know everyone I knew my radio shows the next day and you know straight away um, my producer had said I'm so sorry and if like I said you don't, don't come in tomorrow don't come in tomorrow we'll get covered don't come in tomorrow don't even think about it so um, I just felt I had so much that I wanted to say maybe because of how I found out um and also the fact that my immediate reaction was, well, that's not true because there's always things being said about different people online. Um, and just this culture that has started and how we tear people down. Um, and I knew that people would be looking for a quote from me or be, I'd be followed or be pictured. So I'm going to do this in my terms, in my safe space. So I didn't really make a decision until the morning of. I knew that they had cover in case. Uh, and I just wrote actually on Saturday night how I felt and then I decided on Sunday that I wanted to read read it but again I didn't know if it was the right thing to do I, I and no one no one changed what I said I said if I'm going to say it I can't read a tribute or a news story as a news story it had to be truth and my truth and you did Oh my God, I hold my breath for the whole link for you. Me too, a little bit. You um, didn't, you were amazing, Laura. And yeah. and I applaud you because you would have been getting so many differing opinions in your ear about what you should do in a moment like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to drown that noise out and go with what feels right. I, th- I think uh, the people around me, I've got people around me and everyone from my boyfriend to my family to my friends to my work colleagues and everyone said, you do what's, what you think is right. Everyone gave me their opinion because the people like to give their opinion. Um, and a lot of people said, don't do, don't say anything because you're too raw. But I, um, at the end, I just had to go with my gut because in the past, I haven't always gone with my gut and that's probably my biggest regret sometimes. I always think sleep on things so I decided how I feel the next morning. Yeah. And, and also, as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, we need to talk about things. Um, the uncomfortable know, things. The uncomfortable things. Uh, and because how we feel. And they remain just, uncomfortable unless we talk about them. Yeah, and there's no there's no right or wrong way. Some people don't want to talk and that's fine. Um, I just felt like I had this space that felt very safe. I had other people in the studio with me who were friends. Um, 
and I just felt in that space and in that time that's what I wanted to say and I didn't want to make it about me it wasn't it's not about me um it it just it just felt like something had to be said um and then I didn't want to talk about it again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I'd, I've said what I needed to say. And then... But then you did have to talk about it again. You had to go back on air yeah. and reference it in the show that, that you had taken over mm-hmm. from her. And again, all of these moments are challenging. Yeah, challenging would be a word. Um, it's such a roller coaster as well because the circumstances of of doing Love Island. And if I'm honest, a part of me, I love that show. It's like the biggest show on television and I lo- I'm a fan of that show. But I had, you know, I'd worked in television and I was working in TV and I had the radio show and I really tried to do something different, which is with the acting and going back and studying and writing my first screenplay. And I kind of felt there was a little bit of momentum starting and there was a few exciting a auditions. You'd won awards, so you're kidding me a but bit. But it's small, small in the grand scheme of things. And then suddenly this came up. I'm like, oh, am I going to go back to doing a show that's so in the papers all the time and because I, I kind of had kind of got away a little bit and I was doing just something different even for Five Live it just felt it was it had been a huge leap from MTV it was yeah. kind of a little bit more grown up and I I was a bit like oh am I going to do this and it happened so quick I had to make a decision within a day um, and at the time I, I had always said, and I've spoken about this before, like I, I messaged Caroline. Well, actually, I wanted to message her and they said, just wait until we know if it's going to happen because obviously there's contracts to do. And I said, I'm just not agreeing on anything until I've said it to Caroline. But she actually texted me first saying, I really hope you get to do it. Um, but it's still a shit situation to get a job so great, but in those circumstances. And I would ask anybody that's that's listening to this, if if you are going to take this conversation and report it in some way, please do it honestly, because it's really important that none of this gets misconstrued. Yeah, it? people like to pull a quote, don't they? Well, yeah, you've got to let yeah. a conversation breathe. Yeah, and you've got to be honest in the way that you report it, and that's that's one thing I would ask for at this stage, because I think lessons have to be learned. I think so, and I I think I maybe I'm being naive, and I feel change is happening. Um, I don't know, maybe that's just in my own life. Um, internally, there's, as I said, things that have happened in the past that I've bit my tongue. And now I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to bloody say how I feel. And I, I just feel in all this tragedy that some little bit of positivity yeah. might happen. And if that's us, all of us speaking up for each other. And all of us, like, I'm, this is not about blame, blaming one group of people. We all are to blame in some way of things that we say and things that we do. And it's it's more about all of us individually looking at ourselves. Being more aware. Yeah, taking being more aware. Having yeah. ownership over what we say and thinking about how that might hurt somebody. You know, last week's guest on the show, we touched on this, yeah. was Aunt Middleton. Yeah. yeah. SAS, mm-hmm. you know seen the things in life that we'll never see in terms of the depravity of humanity mm. and I asked him when it last hurt and he said the press that had hurt him really the way he'd been reported um, the fact that his children had access to, to that and mm. it really hurt him he said it's like death by a thousand paper cuts and I just think it's really worth noting in the context of this conversation that even people that have seen the worst of life, yeah. that are trained to survive the worst of life, can still find a pain attached to what feels like a, a 
um, and un- an unjust reporting. I think we need to humanize people. Sometimes when we read about people in the press, we forget that they're human. Um, I um, a big fan of podcasts, uh, obviously. Um, and, Dave, <laughs> and Laura has one, by the way, it's called Castaway. It's brilliant. And uh, yeah, if you don't listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, there's recommendations for other ones. But I was listening to um, uh, David Tennant's podcast. I love that podcast. And he had Gordon Brown on. Yes. And in this, Wasn't that a fabulous episode? It was just, and also just seeing a different side to to Gordon Brown and a human side to human a prime side. minister and he was talking about how much time and effort was wasted, was wasted when he could have been doing his things job. that weren't his job things that were important because of press and these, there was one funeral he was at and someone took a picture of him blinking and put it on front of the paper and said that he was asleep during the funeral and he how hurtful that was to I suppose what the event that he was at and, and, and the, the, people the people that surrounded that and to show in any in any and to show that he didn't care or would do something like that and he said the amount of time and effort he trying to fight that and trying to come back to that but, and all it was was just his eyes were closed for a second or yeah. a blink or whatever it may be um, you're right and it's taking away from the job that actually we as a nation had elected him to do yeah yeah Okay, are you ready for your first question? I am ready. I've just had a sip of wine. Good. I wanted to talk about those moments mm-hmm. where you really dig deep and you draw upon reserves that you, you don't necessarily know that you have. Mm-hmm. And you've already you've already shown us that with that amazing hour of radio that you gave us with I mean, it just it was it was incredible, Laura. So I wanted to know where else in your life have you had to stand up, speak out, and take a stand? Sometimes I feel a lot. <laughs> you ever just feel sometimes with this world, like no matter what you do or what you say, and that's probably why in the past, like sometimes I've been afraid to speak out about things because everything's going to be misconstrued or taken away, or you put emphasis on something that you want to move on from. Um, and there's been I, I come from a journalistic background. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, and that's why sometimes when I see things written in the press, I'm like, I, I studied media law. How is this allowed? I often find it's not. Yeah, it's not. But then people are too scared to go up against, you know, a to big action. Yeah. I actually had a case against a very big um, news outlet that I won that I never talked about that we did kind of quietly and they had to remove an article. Um, and I didn't, I, I was kind of a small victory for me because we won. They had to pay all the legal team because I was scared to do it because I thought this article is so not true and it's really affecting me. Um and we fought it. We fought it privately and they had to retract the but whole article. But if you'd article. lost, your costs would be Would be, yeah, door. and I couldn't... And they yeah. rack up really quickly. Yeah, and and no one probably... And the thing is, the article had already gone out there, so people had seen it. But for me, it's it was a victory because I was like, that is not true. And and that becomes a point of principle. Comes a point of principle. And I think even just from... I was like, I've studied journalism. How is this allowed? Um, it's clickbait. Um, it's not true. There's no facts to back it up. Um and it's like, okay, if this is true, show us your facts. Um, so little things like that have happened that maybe aren't as public, but just for me and my agents are, are really important. Um, and then writing things, I remember writing an article using, I suppose, using my voice. Um, we give out about social media, but also it's very powerful. Um, and that's why I think it's important, even on my five live show to talk about things, I, I go on. Instagram and even with shows like Love Island, the amount of young people who watch that show, um, 
and like if we could get those young people who watch that show to look at different things that come from that show and, and conversations that can be had from that show and if we could get those people watching that show to vote and care about the, like why why do so many people watch that show we need to look at that rather than knock that show go why does that appeal yeah. to young people and, and use that other narratives around around it. that and use that so people care about other issues um and also there's an element of that show being an entertainment show where the world seems so cruel and unfair that we need light relief sometimes in life and that's okay. That's all right too, and yes. That's all right. Um, there's a place for it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's probably just, I've noticed myself, like I, it was a few years ago I wrote an article, um, it was kind of during the Me Too movement, but it was just something small that had happened. I remember when I was younger, when I was 16, um, went to a bar with my older cousin who was um, I think she must have been 20, 21 at, the, 21 at the time and she was like my big sister and this guy smacked me in the arse and I really didn't know what to do and she grabbed him like put him against the wall and went you apologise to her right now and he apologised to me because I think he was petrified of my cousin <laughs> and that honestly that single moment has had a huge effect on me for the rest of my life because I'm sure that's happened to a lot of women before. and you don't say anything because you don't want to well, start a fight. you might complain to your friends and say, he just, he's just yeah. like my arse. And I remember that happened to me when I first moved to London. Someone smacked my arse and I, and then my, I, I went, I was like, what the, hell, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, how do you think you are? You can't touch me. And my friend's like, know your audience. Like, it's not safe to kind of just say that to, it was a random guy who passed me by in, in a street in East London one night. And I was like, oh God, why do I have to bite my tongue about you someone don't. invading? But then there is that element of, I'm just two girls on a street in East London at nighttime. I don't know who this man is. So do I have to be careful of, of what when I stand up for myself and when I don't? So uh, do you know, I had it last week. I, I had it outside my own house. And and I did stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. And I shat myself. Um, and I pretended that I lived at my neighbor's house. And thank mm -hmm. God they answered the door. But this guy followed me out of an Uber oh. uh, to my front door and told me he wanted to spend time with me and getting to know me. And nobody was home. And I was terrified. Isn't and that horrible he, to feel yeah. that fear in what should be a safe place and we've all felt that I felt that I felt mm. that in a nightclub I felt that walking home I can't I used to pay I used to pay 10 euro to get a um, a car home from this little pizzeria I worked in even though I lived like a two minute walk because the car had to go all the way around but I was too scared to walk home at night time yeah. as a, as a young girl myself and I don't want to be scared outside yeah, my but own but then home. you have to and this well, guy was not taking no for an answer and in the end, I mean, I, and I'd, I'd just been out for dinner with the lovely Eamon Holmes. I'd had such a nice lovely. night. Yeah. And I'd, I mean, it wasn't even late. It was like quarter past ten. Yeah. And this guy was not taking no for an answer. And, and these I guys, sometimes these ask guys, my um, Uber driver to wait until I'm in the house. I will do now. Uh, and uh, there's a really good video that went viral um, of that girl on, the, on um, the underground. Basically, the guy pretended that he was with her because he saw this girl was alone. And to help her. And to help her. So oh, I always good think, if, so if there's, if you're ever out, even as a female, you see someone being targeted, I always think there's power in numbers. So I'm always quite conscious of that if I ever see well, yeah. someone vulnerable. Well, I, I looked up and down my street and there was no, no one. one. Oh. And I, I knew, I saw that my neighbour's light was on. And I thought, oh, please, please, please be in. And I know they go to bed early. And I was like, please, please be in. Please be in and please be up. Don't let this just be safety lighting. And I was ringing their doorbell mm. so hard. And, it, and he was over my shoulder. So he'd come up to the, oh, right to the door. Oh, he'd come to the door and he was going, why are you ringing that bell like I'm about to murder you? I said, why? why? And I was really trying to mm. be defiant and mm. brave. It's, it's weird. It's like, is he getting a kick out of a yes, power? It's a power thing, He isn't had it? a kick in yeah. that moment. And uh, but I reported, just in case he's listening, Yeah, I've reported you, mate, and I've got your registration number. Lucky. 
next question. Yeah. Let's keep standing up and fighting. But them. I think, yeah, talking about things and, and even in this article where I mentioned about my cousin, like different things that have happened throughout my life has made me stand up. But say, similar with you, you, you still have to be careful. You still have to be cautious. Why I still don't walk home alone at night. I'll pay the extra £10 totally. even though I'm quicker just to walk home. Mm. Um, and it's sad that you have to do that. But you do. But what we need to do is, like you said, talk about it, tell people. Mm. Um, and there's power There's power in our voice. I also want it known that I have cameras outside my house, just for the next one. Yeah. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, question number two. It's International Women's Day uh, this coming Sunday, March the 8th, and it's a day that's meant to help eliminate discrimination against women worldwide, helping them to gain full and equal participation in the working world, despite the fact that actually... The female population stands at 51% as I talk. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to know was, uh, is there one change that you would bring about that you think would help to transform the lives of women and the opportunities that are available to them? Um, First of all, I want to point out as well, because people always go, when's International Men's Day? It's November November 19th. November 19th. If you want to celebrate it, it's there for you to use. And a bit like the chicken and egg, which came first? I'll tell you. Men's Day. <laughs> um, but yeah, Women's Day. I always think it's nice to have a day. Every day should be International Women's well, Day. Well, we have to remember that in massive parts of the world, mm-hmm. we don't have the same standing that we have here in the Western world. Mm-hmm. So in Saudi Arabia, in the last year, I think it is, year, 18 months, women have only just been given the right to drive. I remember reading this article where the woman had to have her like younger son, like who's pretty much a kid, drive her to the shops yeah which is just crazy and in our lifetime like my mother wouldn't have been able to get a mortgage when I got one in my early 20s without her husband's name she could have paid a mortgage but it would have been in my father's name yeah so like so much has changed and moved and shifted but there's still so much work to be done on a global scale yeah 
So what's the one thing, the one change? Yeah. Whew. That is a tough one. It's so hard to answer because it's one of those things, if you change one thing, does it have a domino effect where it can you know, have repercussions to affect in the wider scope? But for me, even just listening to your story earlier on of feeling scared, mm. feeling threatened, and I feel that a few times a week. Do you? Yeah, especially in London and, I don't know, maybe everywhere. Um, well, you're hardly going to get it bad in Wicklow at the same <laughs> scale and degree, are you? <sighs> Honestly, know, yeah. You? Yeah, yeah. And I've definitely, because even the, when I used to work in that little pizzeria that was in Bray, where I come from, and I remember going out to um, Nepal after the earthquake and we were working in local schools and um, talking to young girls. I was there with UNICEF because I'm a Goodwill ambassador with them. And, um, you know, th- these are girls who don't have running water, um, were taken out of school because they had to help at home. And I remember asking a group of girls, what's the number one thing that they're scared of or, or that affects them daily? And they said catcalling, which is when they're on a bus and guys kind of jeer yeah. them and say things. And I thought that was astounding. Out of everything that's going on around them, it was the catcalling wow. that was Yes, when them you the consider most. what they're living in. Yeah. Poverty, uh, in, in well, certainly my experience in yeah. Nepal, especially if you're going into an earthquake zone where you're going to yeah. be left without lack of basics, water, food, yeah. shelter. People who who'd lost family members, and it's almost a universal thing that we've all probably experienced an element of, of catcalling. Um, and I, I I think for men sometimes they may not realise if you say something to a woman that it's threatening mm. um, or it's scary. I am. I uh, was on Nahal's show from uh, BBC Five Live, mm-hmm. um, who's an incredible man. And uh, he was saying, actually, my boyfriend's like this too. At nighttime, when he's walking home <laughs> behind a woman, he tries to go to the other side so he doesn't feel threatened. But then there's a woman on that side, so then he has to cross over again. <laughs> and I'm like, the woman's like, why does that man keep changing the side of the road? He's creepy. <laughs> and like, there's some gorgeous men out there that are very sensitive to that. And I, uh, I think just the basics sometimes of just living in that fear. And I just thought when that that young girl, she was 12, said that to me. I was like, I get that sometimes and I feel scared about that when people say things or people, when you're especially alone at night. I would love if I didn't feel scared outside my house. Because I think sometimes trying to do things on a wider scale is so hard when you're scared outside your own house and little things are like that. When I was in a, I wrote about this before, when I was in a club and a guy tried to put his hand up my skirt and I think he he laughed. Um... Things like that, and but little things, little things like what Gina Martin did with the upskirting bill, and you know where I, when I first started out in this industry, I remember once getting out of a car outside my house, outside my house, with shopping, carrying my dog, um, trying to get out of the car, and like my skirt got caught, and there was a photographer, and he took a picture, and it ended up in a paper, and I just was like, well, that just comes with the territory. I didn't say anything about it because I thought if I said something about it, more people would see the picture, so just yeah. let it lie. And it was only through this incredible woman, Gina Martin, who, you know, wasn't in the public eye. It was a she was just at a festival, and a guy did something similar, and just was passing this picture and laughing behind her back and sending it to all his friends, and she ended up you know, working her arse off, having all those legal fees and, you know, and she could have lost a lot of money um, and probably did have to spend a lot of her own money doing that. And time. And and time and then going and actually having to give up your work and it takes, you know, a big person to make a change like that. That might seem like a small change, but now the positive repercussions that that has from that small little change. So for me, I think small little things in your everyday life, if you can change it. Can be huge. Can be huge in the long term for on a global scale. 
Absolutely. And if um, if you want to hear more about Gina Martin's story, she featured on a previous episode of White Wine Question Time with Emma Gannon, and that's available in our back catalogue. And you should go listen because she really did have to put her paws up mm-hmm. and fight hard, uh, but she has now made upskirting illegal. Yes. And you will go to jail if you do it. And now they can't print those pictures in yeah. the papers and... That was only a few years ago. Those you're right. We were accepted there. it as it goes with the territory. You know, you'd pull up an event. There would be photographers there. Yeah. And you'd think, Jesus, how am I going to have this I car used to roll, I used to put my knees to the, My friend used to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, I was like, the, roll to the floor. <laughs> I'm like, that's madness. That's yeah. crazy that we accepted it because, and that's why I think it's so important to use our voice now. Even though, like, even to this day, sometimes I get people going, I'll just let it go. I'm like, no, because if Gina Martin had let it go or if, you know, anyone who came before us let it go. But that it, that goes right back to everything that we've really discussed. It's like we can't live in a society where we just turn the other cheek. We have to sometimes say articulately yeah. and eloquently. Enough. No. Mm. Like, no, you can't do that. That's not acceptable. And here's why. Yeah. And you don't have to be aggressive about it, but you do have to say something, and I the, think. And then you'll find, you'll say it and someone else will say, oh, I feel that way too. And, and there is, it is very hard when you're just the only person, mm. but you'll find you're never really the only person you're feeling anyway. You're never alone. No. Yeah. No. You keep turning that volume up. <laughs> okay, last question. Ooh, ready? Do you want you another? Sip of wine. Yeah. I'll, I'll get through. I'm actually drinking this quite slowly. For this you. is so not like me. <laughs> it, is, it is early during the day, to be fair. If I put a dance floor in here, would that help? You know I love a dance oh floor. Oh my God. Oh, love. I love a dance floor. You are so good at dancing. It's it's more freestyle. I'm more freestyle. You, listen. <laughs> Arms and legs everywhere. Before we go to question three, you and I both went to the Spice Girls together <gasps> this year. How much fun can was I, can that? Can I just point we out? We danced all night. You girls all went with your like, cute little t-shirts I went dressed head to toe as Emma Bunton <laughs> you did so we get to we so I travelled up to Wembley Stadium yeah to see the girls with Nat and Nick and I can't remember Holly from, was there Holly Willoughby yeah. and all of our gang yeah right? and, but when we got there um, there were all these texts pinging around trying and to find everyone Shara said yeah. right Whitmore's here somewhere we're like well, tell her to come and meet us and you were with my Eleanor. friend I, I was with my friend Alex who was dressed up as Scary Spice that's right yeah so and she'd she'd got babysitters organised and everything. Yeah. It was a proper like yeah, I think there was like night yeah, out. proper night out. So we stood there in the queue waiting to get our tickets, and then we're going right. Where's Laura? Where's Laura? And I look up, <laughs> and you're one floor, you're one floor <laughs> yeah, ahead it's of me. Yeah, coming down the stairs. Pure pink baby, but baby spice outfit. Yeah, pigtails, bunches. Brilliant. And then we go back after the show to see the girls, and Emma's like, she looks better than me. And Emma's like, can I show you to my mom? <laughs> That's what she said. I was like, I thought, it's like, I was like outside in the stadium, everyone was kind of dressed like this. And then I went back and then I'm like, oh, it's just me. I'm just the, the big number one fan here. I'm proud of that. You kind of were as well. I don't care. I'm proud of it. It's not the first time I dressed up as Baby Spice and it won't be the last. We just danced all night. Oh, it was so fun. It was euphoric. Oh, do you know what? There's, there's so much... Um, pleasure in just dancing isn't, isn't it a it? dance floor it's like my favourite thing to do even you know after everything that's happened in the last few weeks sometimes you just want to go out have a glass of wine and have a dance yeah, it's so therapeutic up. it really is Yeah, it really is ok last question ok I wanted to talk about love because you are Obviously, the lady in charge of the whole island of love. Well, there's um, about 500 crew. But, yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, but I'll take it's, the glory. it's for you, babe. It's all about you. 
So when it comes to love, I wondered, can we talk about your first love and your last love? Oh. And all of the lessons that the relationships that may have sat in between those two have taught you. Well, my first love, I was three and it was Jason Donovan. <laughs> Too many broken hearts. <laughs> Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Um, oh my I, God, you really did go deep. I, I think I was three. <laughs> did you really love him? And you can't I, have loved him at three. I remember my cousin, um, Caroline, um, worked in the airport at Heathrow and she got his autograph for me. His first autograph I ever have. I think I still have it. Do you? Um, and yeah, I think was he because he's still on Neighbours or just end, like maybe leaving Neighbours. My first concert ever was either Kylie or Jason because I think both of them played in Dublin. And my dad brought me. And my parents weren't together, so my dad's thing was to bring me to concerts. Didn't know what to do with a three-year-old girl, so I was like, "Oh, <laughs> bring it to Kylie or Jason." And <laughs> still not appropriate for three years of age. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's not inappropriate. No, but, but back then it was like, yeah, it was like the enjoy yourself. There was yourself no soft play back then, was there? No, it was all good. Um, there was no gold little shorts or anything. It was Kylie with the perm. Do you remember? Very safe days. Very safe days. Uh, I should be so lucky. And the hat where she poked her perm oh, through and then back home. I it. have the VHS of that. Do so. you? Yeah, the um, VHS, <laughs> and I think I, I have the scarf as well. It was the Enjoy Yourself tour in 1989. I still have the scarf. It was red and white. Um, <laughs> so that was probably my first love, <laughs> Jay Don. And um, and then my last love is my boyfriend, Ian. Yeah, um, and it's weird because we kind of spent like we were together almost three years, and I just sometimes I'm like. I don't like really talking too much about him because I feel it gives people ownership when I can't complain about when there are, you know, people taking pictures or writing about us. But then, oh, you know, you reach a stage where you're like, screw that. Like, I can talk about how much I love Emma Bunton. I can talk about how much I love Ian Sterling as well. Um, but he's he's such a kind man and he's smart and, and hairy. Smart and hairy. I was going to say, you, uh, when you said smart, I was like, and that's sexy. And then you lost me at hairy. <laughs> I got so excited this year on Love Island because uh, Finn, who won, has a hairy chest. Because they always, like, wax their chests. But, like, that's not really me. Um, each their own. But then he walked in with a hairy chest. I'm like, oh, my God. He's got a hairy chest. And Ian's like, why are you so obsessed? I'm like, because I just love a hairy chest. You do? Yeah. You're like a hairy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Hair all over. What's it like working together? Oh, we, we never don't see each other. So never it's never, see no each bother other. then. No, but we actually never did anything together. Wow. Um, because he's in a VO booth in mm. production, and I'd go in and out of the villa, or I'd be hosting the live sh after sun show in, in London. London. So I actually would see him more when neither of us are working. It's weird, isn't it? It's good though, isn't it? It's it, quite good, yeah. And I'm very, I, I'm very independent. Like I couldn't be with someone all the time. I'm always, I was always worried, like, oh God, when I like live with someone, am I gonna have to see them all the time? Yeah. Now I don't. <laughs> it is quite a big thing, isn't it, when you move in with somebody? Yeah. Like, we're like, we're going to be together all the time. Yay. We kind of have, um, this is my idea, but I thought it was a great idea. When we moved in together, um, we're very, we've actually like decreased the value of our house. Because <laughs> you've taken all the bedrooms out. we turned it like a four bedroom house into a two bedroom house um, because he's got his room and I've got my room. That's great. So I've got like my office kind of space and he's got his office space. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, go to your room <laughs> and I'll go to my room. Um, and if you can do that, even if it's not a room, it's just a space. I think it's very good to have your own space. Yeah. I think you can. so. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, yeah, you just, everybody needs somewhere to go where. They can just be. And even talking about love, and, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, um, 
you know, it's very important whoever your other half is in your life, if you have it. But like, also just, like I have so many loves in my life, like my friends, my mm. family. And I think that's really important to have that. So even if you are with someone, that they're not 100% your one and only. No. Um, and we kind of grow up, you know, I love Disney and these fairy tales, but it's not real life. It's not happy ever after. Mm. It's not just that one person for you. There's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster, as Ronan Keaton said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's really important to have those other people. Like when we went to Spice Girls and our friend Alex had, had you know, just had a baby and, you know, it was a night out away from her baby and her fiancé and those nights are really important as well Um, bring it back to Love Island like you see that in Love Island even though it's more glamorised but it's the friendships are so nice the bromances are so nice and that's life as well I think it's really important when we look at love that we're not just looking at who is that person you know that you live happily ever after with because that's not real life no I mean for me my greatest love stories are probably friends yeah they really are. Do you know what? I went, I had a surprise party for um, my mom's 60th and my mom and dad aren't together so I grew up with just my mom and um, uh, her friend had, had written this lovely poem and it was quite insightful as well because I'm like, what is this about my mother before I was born? Talking about like all the different men that were in my mom's lives <laughs> uh, including my father but at the very end it was her greatest love was me, was her daughter. And it was Aww. really lovely. It was really, really lovely. I was like, who was the guy in the band, Mum? Um, there was all these different men and, like, you know, my dad and different people who'd come in, but she said her greatest love was, you know, her daughter. And I was like, oh, that's, like, our, we have different loves in our life. Um, we do. And actually, the way you love a partner is entirely different to the way you love a girlfriend, different to the way you love a child mm. or a parent. But it doesn't mean that those, those relationships aren't key and important and informative. Mm-hmm. And so my friends are amongst some of the greatest loves of my lives, as are some of, of my you know, previous partners. Mm-hmm. And We're all part of like different yeah. parts of your journey. But it's it's it what it's what gives you your heart and soul. Yeah. And it's all of those different relationships yeah. and what they bring to you. Yeah. And what you what you give back to them. Mm-hmm. It's so important. So actually, yeah, it's 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 not just about the romance. Mm-hmm. And some of your friendships can have the greatest romance because you go on the best trips, the biggest adventures. You share secrets that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable sharing with a partner yeah. in the same way. You can be single and feel more love than somebody who's in a supposedly happy relationship. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you for coming in today. Thank you for having me the day after I landed for I was like, I have no idea what state I'm in, but I'm coming in. I got the, and we're I talking. Got the WhatsApp last night. I'm still coming in on it. And you do have wine, don't you? <laughs> yes and yes. I came for you as well as the wine. I know, well I hope so. If you are interested in hearing more of her fine work, Radio 5 Live, every Sunday she kicks off at... 10am. And she's with you until... 11.30am, but BBC Sounds we have uh, the full series. Yeah, and it's all there, so please do go and check her out. Um, Love Island will be back in the summer. Yeah, we haven't, I, to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about that far no. ahead. I just All I know is that through. you're looking for contestants. Are you, I'm, why I'm, are you, uh, I'm no, not, you're taken. I'm working on my application. <laughs> Imagine, they think I was the cleaner. Just, <laughs> Hello, it's your mum. <laughs> That's what I felt like when I walked in. <laughs> Did you? You're like, who's this contestant? She's a bit older than the rest of them. <laughs> I am, um, actually, one of the guys who's got the same birthday as me, uh, the 4th of the 5th, which is May the 4th be with you. And yeah. that was Luke, named after Luke's um, Skywalker and I was like oh it's the same birthday as you but like he was 1995 <laughs> and I was 85 I was like oh so far away well listen if it helps I'm 73 great year for a bottle of wine <laughs> <laughs>
Um, if anything we've spoken about today, certainly at the top of the show, um, has resonated with you and you need to talk to somebody that is trained to help and listen, then try the Samaritans. They're always available. It's double one six one two three. And as we say, please just keep talking. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at WhiteWineQT. As always, this show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo UK, and it's edited by Callum goddard Mucklow. Our music is provided by Andy Bell, whose back catalogue is available on iTunes or Spotify. And remember, you don't need to plug your headphones in to take a listen to us. We're also available now on your home devices. Just say Alexa or OK Google. Take me to the latest episode of White Wine Question Time. Finally, have a great week and do as we always do, drink responsibly. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.